1: Boom, can't get fooled again
0: hey what's up everyone how you doing Ben Kissel here hanging out with Fernando hi Ben hey Fernando also hanging out with Travis Irvine how you doing Travis hello Ben we got a bunch of stuff to get to today we're gonna talk about what's happening in the Derek Chauvin trial juror number 52 is mm. it causing a kerfluffle? will there be a retrial of Derek Chauvin can the heartstrings of a nation handle it I don't know. I don't think many people, if anyone wants to go through that trial again, but we will talk about what his lawyer, when I say his, I mean, uh, Derek Chauvin's lawyer is attempting to do. He's attempting to get a new trial for Chauvin because he believes one juror had opinions. And apparently no. those aren't allowed. No. I thought my peers had opinions in America. No. I, and that's the one thing when it comes to the jury system where it's like, I don't know. This person turns out they lived a life before. Oh. I don't know. Like so basically the story is juror number 52. He attended a rally. It was a, uh, a police accountability rally. And because of that, They say the defense for Chauvin says there's no way he could make a rational decision based on the evidence that we all saw in front of our eyes, of course, regarding the death and now officially the murder of George Floyd. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also bring up what's going on with. Andrew Cuomo in New York and California is releasing potentially 76,000 inmates. They are now eligible for early release. We're going to talk about this in a little bit of detail because there's been a lot of misconception. There's been a lot of this is a macro Willie Horton situation. Uh, For those that don't recall Willie Horton, those were the ads that Bush H.W. ran against Dukakis in 1988, of course, when Dukakis was the governor there in Massachusetts. So we'll talk all about that. But before we get to those serious issues, and we'll also discuss what's going on in South Carolina, you can kill people by firing squad now. Isn't that fun? But before we get to all that, Stacey Abrams. She's got a bunch of new romance novels, so let's bring in the love. What do you guys think? Are you going to read Stacey Abrams' romance novels? I have read some snippets, and it is steamy.
1: Ooh, spicy and steamy. Count me in,
2: although uh, I can't really read that much these days so this is a reissue she apparently uh and under the pen name selena she has 10 very steamy novels but this is a reissue of her first three which are like the very rare ones apparently you
0: know i Mm. love the idea Ooh, that's gonna sound strange but i do like the idea of knowing that my politicians are human enough to have an orgasm and that is one of the things that we know from this book because i would say this just reading what i've read from these salacious tales from selena She had to be slightly aroused. (laughs) Can you write such words down on a document and not become slightly aroused?
1: (laughs) Sexy stuff. I didn't know Stacey Abrams (laughs) slash Selena was so multifaceted. Oh my God. She is making
0: people horny for voting. I love being horny for voting. You can, (laughs) you, I mean, we saw the memes of Donald Trump. They basically gave him like a 10 inch dick and made him all jacked and stuff. You tell me there was not some massive homoerotic memes going around about (laughs) Donald Trump. They made him a sexy, sexy orange monster. Stacey Abrams, she, it's not about the physicality per se, it's about the emotion and it's about the true love. She has a book, a novel in the early 2000s, she wrote one novel called Rules of Engagement, which is fun because then you know they're doing naughty stuff. (laughs) And then there was another one called The Art of Desire. Ooh. And then there's another one called The Power of Persuasion, which is just all about business management. Isn't that nice? (laughs) Nice. Isn't that nice? So there's going to be a re-release. And Fernando, I have to know when you buy them and how many times are you going to read them? And can I have your copy when you're done? I'm going to be reading them for Patreon. So, you know, just subscribe, listen and enjoy everyone. I love that. However, if you do want to buy one of these books. It is not cheap. No, they are not cheap. How much do you think, Travis, this is for you. Okay. How much do you think a Stacey Abrams book, let's just go with one used copy of The Art of Desire. I'm going to go. How with. much do you think it
1: costs? $69 and 69 cents. Come on.
0: All right. You didn't call me Bob after that. Okay, Bob. <laughs> All right. Well, you are so wrong. Although by <laughs> prices, right rules, you did go way, way under. Okay. So you're not out of the competition. He's still in the yet. competition. Fantastic. He still is it. Fernando. Do you know the answer to this? I, f- I'm pretty sure it's at a hundred, isn't it? My friend, if you want to get one used copy, Of the art of desire again when used, copy just when you thought the pages. Couldn't get any more crumpled up. (laughs) Let's give it to another person and see what they can do. On Amazon, it's $604. It's $604 for a used, perhaps um, full of other people's secretions. (laughs) Uh, It's a used book called The Art of Desire at $604.99. So just a shade under $605. Here's what Abram said in a statement. She says, as my first novels, they remain incredibly special to me. I'm sure that they do. She goes on to say the characters and their adventures are what I'd wish to read as a young black woman. Stories that showcase women of color as nuanced, determined, and exciting. As Selena and as Stacy. I am proud to be a part of the romance writing community and excited that Berkeley is reintroducing these stories for new readers. And faithful fans. Oh, I love it. I so there you go. It.
1: Yeah, this is, you know, I'll take the art of desire over the art of the deal any day.
0: Well, absolutely. And we know for a fact, Stacey Abrams actually wrote this book, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whoa,
1: zing, pop, boom. So is Berkeley, is this part of a politician, like horny politician writer series? Because I know Dick Cheney's wife. Lynn Lynn used to have some uh, steamy lesbian themed sex uh, books as well. Yeah,
0: it was very controversial, but those are obviously all out of print. And of course, Dick Cheney and his wife, uh, they disowned their daughter for being a lesbian. And <sighs> Liz Cheney, who is now apparently because she's being bullied by the douchebags that are in her party, according to binary media apparently she's a victim as well because she's getting kicked off of all of her (sighs) subcommittee roles which isn't that horrible for liz cheney the daughter of a war criminal and she is also the sister of a lesbian sister and then she threw that lesbian sister under the bus because she was running in wyoming so liz cheney is no there's no like victim (laughs) she's not a victim she is the daughter of dick cheney (laughs) who was the youngest chief of staff in American history, who caused so much violence in this world, it is hard to fathom. And I truly will say the sentence, if Dick Cheney was never born, the world would be a better place. That's just a fact. So Liz Cheney being bullied by the douchebags within her party, cry me an effing river. I don't (laughs) care. She should be out of there too. Whatever. They're all a bunch of scumbags. Anyhoot, (laughs) Stacey Abrams, she is writing a political thriller, and it will be out on May 11th. And you know what it's called? Well, Justice Sleeps. Ooh. So isn't that kind of nice? Finally, they're done fucking and now they're going to get some rest. <laughs> so isn't that, isn't that There's nice? There's going to be fucking
2: in this book. I know there is. Cuddling. Come on. That's now. <laughs>
0: cuddling books. So anyway, I think it's great. And I used to say the same thing. I was watching book TV because that's how I do my reading. And I, John Boehner was on there. And I just have to say book TV is one. of I don't even know what the show it. It's just book TV. John Boehner talking about his book. It's endlessly exciting. It's hilarious because he is shit faced and he has so much smoker cough. It is phenomenal. But that was one of the reasons why he validated his opinion on weed or why he switched his opinion on marijuana use. So it validates his belief now that people should be able to use marijuana, even though he says, I don't smoke weed, but I smoke cigarettes and I drink a bunch of scotch every day. So who am I to judge? And I thought that was a good answer. Again, John Boehner. I I can't say he was the greatest politician of all time. Mm. He was a a corporate shell, and uh, you know, led us down a dark path (laughs) that began the rise of the Tea Party, and maybe kind of led to Trump in some strange ways.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, Boehner's book tour is is the gift that keeps on giving,
0: and smoking, and drinking, and coughing. You um, combine Stacey Abrams' book tour with ooh. John Boehner's oh, book wow. tour, and you have yourself a fuck party. Oh, my uh, God. You got be, scotch. You got, you got s- cigs, cigs. And you have a lot of steamy, old people sex. Oh, Nothing like power sex. Uh, eventually, book TV
1: just becomes that. <laughs>
0: Anyway, well on a serious or somewhat serious note when it comes to smoking New Zealand is perhaps going to ban smoking for anyone born after the year 2004. I don't I mean I smoking again I don't there's no health benefit. It kills 10% of the people that use it. Uh, apparently 90% don't get a whole bunch of problems with their lungs, but I can't imagine that it is good for you in any sense of the word. But what do you think? Banning tobacco isn't it just going to lead to, I don't, is it going to lead to like cartels for tobacco? Is it just going to lead to another era of like illegal tobacco trade? Is, One, I mean, I 100%. Look so, at
2: the prison, compl, you know, prison industrial right. complex. It's a huge, tobacco is illegal in there. It's Lucy's a, go
0: for a lot,
2: of, that's exactly. a lot of,
0: that's a lot of romance novels.
1: A, <laughs> yeah, right. It's a new step in prohibition in New Zealand. Uh, you know, New Zealand's not necessarily a place that will throw everyone in jail, you know, if they just catch everyone smoking. So it, it is a new step in prohibition, but because it's New Zealand, I don't think uh, it's
0: going to go too far. Well, their point, what they would like to do is like to make the country smoke-free by 2025. Basically, what the proposal would do would, it would have a reduction in the level of nicotine allowed in tobacco products. It would prohibit filters, which is kind of interesting. And it would set a minimum price for tobacco and restricting the locations where tobacco and cigarettes can be sold. So it's possible this is just another way for them to tax the hell out of it. This is according to someone who is in charge over there. This is a document the government said, quote, a smoke-free generation policy would prohibit the sale and supply in a public place of smoked tobacco products to new cohorts for a specified date. For example, if legislation commenced on the 1st of January 2022, then people younger than 18 years old at that time or those born before January 1st, 2004, would never be able to lawfully be sold smoked Tobacco products. I don't, it seems a little Woo. convoluted. And uh, I don't know, about 4,500 New Zealanders die every year from tobacco. But I suppose the question has to be asked then, if it happens in New Zealand, would it happen here? And again, with the cash crop that is marijuana, the tobacco crop is still making a lot of money for a lot of people. I don't think the industry is going to go away here anytime soon.
1: Oh, no. All this is going to do is make John Boehner skip New Zealand on his book tour. Yeah. Um, Of (laughs) course, I remember when Nancy Pelosi was first elected speaker after Boehner, one of the things she did was ban smoking on Capitol grounds because Boehner would chain smoke in the
0: office of Speaker of the house. And then, you know, yeah, I remember flying on a plane. Oh <laughs> god i can't but, even imagine right, I they was used like, to
1: smoke on planes yeah especially
0: on international flights when we would go to germany as a child i was like eight years old just sitting in a tube full of tobacco smoke I, you know i was like it's i felt classy okay. <laughs> no it's disgusting i don't think that people need to be smoking on planes
2: you know this makes me think uh president biden is talking about outlawing menthol so, you right. know, we're, we're, right. like that's we're, a good point. When did New Zealand outlaw flavor cigarettes and stuff like that? You know, that would be interesting to see if that's just kind of like the process they do, it. you know, cause that's the best way to change law is piecemeal.
1: Right. And it's like you pointed out, it kills thousands of people in New Zealand. It certainly kills, oh gosh, probably millions of people here for sure.
0: Yeah. What do you think about the menthol thing? I don't, you I know, I don't know. Is this,
2: yeah? We know statistically, we know uh, we, there's proof that it disproportionately affects people of color. So, uh, you know, the, but the thing is that it's america yeah, now you're making a new law yeah, exactly specifically targeting yeah, a product
1: again, that black people like exactly now,
2: how is this different from any other law Well, oh, we're trying to protect you from
0: yourself right just
2: how about better
1: education you know, you know they're know, choking you outside of a deli in new york for selling a loose for, for having a menthol cigarette oh, that's Yikes. a good
0: point that's what happened obviously to eric gardner yeah i think if i'm a member of that community i would and i know someone who smokes menthols or i smoke menthol Whatever. I think I would just be like, why are you punishing us? Why are you treating us like children? I can go and buy it if I want to. And if I don't, I won't. And not to mention how much money is being made on taxes. Yeah, I'm just going to have to settle on the, I just, what I understand smoking is bad and it's very dangerous and don't do it around the children. Don't do it in a closed space. I mean, if, in a perfect world, don't do it at all. I, again, I have to pull a John Boehner card. I love my tequila. I love my whiskey. I love my weed. I I just took shrooms in in Las Vegas. <laughs> right. I just I did some other uh, things as well. Talk
2: about Jesus and read the Bible. That's what we I did. did that we as did well. Do a lot of that.
0: <laughs> so I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite if someone smokes menthol cigarettes and that's what eases their mind. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just going to have to side with the stance. The prohibition is simply not going to work. And that was a great point that you made, Travis. When you push this underground, next thing you know, you have Lucy sales cigarettes here. Because if you look, what happened with Eric Garner. That's exactly what he was doing. He was selling Lucy's. You sell Lucy's even when cigarettes are legal because they're so damn expensive. They're cheaper in California than they are in New York. That's for damn sure. Texas?
1: That's the movie industry. Mm. Uh, It must be, because that was like
0: $7 for a pack of smokes. I might just start, I'm saving money if I buy that. (laughs) But that's a great point. Now all of a sudden you have people like Eric Garner. You got another law. You got another reason to detain people. And now you have another reason for police interaction. And as we have seen, the more police interaction the more risk there is for violence so yeah i'm with you i think it's i i don't think that it is appropriate that being said i also understand that i am i'm not supporting menthol cigarettes i'm just right. not supporting the ban of menthol cigarettes because of the unintended consequences that we can see along the way sure and laws I- don't work like this
1: Right. And and with New Zealand again, more of a special, lockdown isolated place where it seems like they can do something like this and not have it turn into a criminal justice
0: nightmare. And also again, if we had this is we have to mention healthcare and lack thereof. Right. If yeah. we had a this is sidestepping the larger issue of health. Right. Because if we actually had access to doctors, if we had access for low income people, to get medical treatment, and again, I'm not thinking, I don't, the whole idea of like kicking millions of people off of their private insurance, if you have private insurance and private healthcare, that's fine with me, I don't care, that you need to keep that. But when it comes to people who don't and who can't afford it, I get that, we need better healthcare for them. Seems to me like the FDA is kind of sidestepping the major issue and trying to perhaps address some of the core causes of the health crisis. And in this case, they're singling out menthol cigarettes. But then we also have to think about when it comes to food, when it comes to our steaks, when it comes to our Carl's Jr., which I just ate recently, it's quite tasty, that's full of trash. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, so then what do we do there? You gotta we, ban Carl's Jr., they're gonna ban beef. Oh, no. They're not, but this is a slippery, or that's why prohibition i just don't think works. So this is the food and drug administration. They're taking steps to ban menthol flavored cigarettes and all flavored cigars including menthol flavor. They want to do this by next year the aim is to quote significantly reduce disease and death the acting fda commissioner Janet Woodcock. Oh, that's fun. Oof. Am i reading <laughs> Stacy Abrams book yet? <laughs> Hello, Hello, Janet Woodcock. Oh, Miss Woodcock. She said banning menthol, the last allowable flavor in cigarettes and banning all flavors in cigars will help save lives, particularly among those disproportionately affected by these deadly products. I don't know if it's true. I just don't know. She goes on to say with these actions, the FDA will help significantly reduce the youth initiation because, you know, how the youth love when the government tells them not to do something, how they just obey. Right. It? Yeah. They just immediately they never do obeying. it again. Yeah, yep. they'll never do that. Oh, that's illegal. I better not do that because, <laughs> oh, no, in, in reality, of course. It's illegal. We better do that because that sounds like a shitload of fun. Oh, it's got a label on the CD that says it's got bad words. Oh, I'll just avoid it, I guess. (laughs) Yes. And then they address health disparities experienced by communities of color, low-income populations, and LGBTQ plus individuals, all of whom are far more likely to use these tobacco products. When it comes to the LGBTQ plus, I don't know what data that they're using. Um, And I would be... I I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like this is a road to hell is paved with good intentions. And to me, I'm flipping this now in my head and saying like, okay, then why are you targeting LGBTQ plus people and people of color and people in low income neighborhoods pass these if you're going to pass these laws? It just seems like this disproportionately affects them and now just makes criminals out out of them, them, which then leads to the prison industrial complex problem that we're having so i yeah i think that this is wrong
2: i would love to see the correlation of this statistic here that they're saying tobacco kills these people and the correlation if these people actually have any sort of health care or if these people have jobs that can provide health care. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah, preventative so, medicine yeah. has always
1: been the biggest problem in our, well, good grief, sorry, not the biggest problem, one of many, many, many problems in our healthcare system in America. But that's why I remember with Obamacare, they're trying to put more emphasis on preventative care. Not smoking is a very simple thing. In fact, it's on every single healthcare insurance questionnaire. Do you smoke? It's a very simple thing you can do to improve
2: your health. And we all know, I mean, obviously everyone in these communities know that smoking is bad. It's not a, it's not a, oh, smoking is, makes your breath smell better. It's mainly cool. No, they, everyone in these communities knows that smoking is bad. So... Again, I think they're, they're probably using statistics to really manipulate it. You know, it, again, I really am reading into this as they're trying to make stuff that people of color do illegal people I, that trans, you know.
0: You know, I, I think that you're, I think that you're onto something mm-hmm. because they're talking, it's So the stats are 85% of menthol use, it tends to be black. So 15% of people smoking menthols. Cool whites. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 85% of all menthol users are black, 47% are Hispanic, 38% are Asian, and 29% are white. I'm not sure how it's The other 29% go. is just John Boehner. I maybe a smokers so as smokes. a whole? Those statistics apply for just smokers as a whole maybe? That's according to the CDC. No, that's the mentholated brands. Oh dear. So yeah, I think they're just targeting, I don't know, under the guise of government protection, it seems like they're targeting a group of people that then... If they get a menthol cigarette, they've now committed a crime.
2: So the cigarettes, and then you're like, "What
0: are you in for?" So they're worried. Uh,
2: I mean, I'm I'm gonna beat a dead horse here, but they're worried that cigarettes are killing people of color, but not that cops are. Boom. Just saying.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, shout out to uh, one of the Republican senators, like a broken clock. He's right two times a day. Rand Paul was one of the only senators to call out the Lucy Laws of New York that essentially led to Eric Garner's death. Uh, I remember he did that back in 2013. It was one of those things that's like, okay, Rand Paul, I agree with that.
0: Now, the president of the NAACP is in in favor of this legislation, Derek Johnson. Hmm. Uh, He says, for decades, the tobacco industry has been targeting African Americans and have contributed to the skyrocketing rates of heart disease, stroke, and cancer across the community. The tobacco industry is on a narrow quest for profit, and they have been killing us along the way. It's about time we prioritize The health and well-being of African Americans, Um, and again, that's the president of the NAACP. Yeah, the question is again, making it criminal illegal, right? Is that the right? That's
2: not the. That's not the way. uh, Information, education, (laughs)
0: education, one hundred percent. I think that would be the way to go as well. So I just have to disagree. Uh, And again, perhaps the road to hell is paved with great intentions, but that's just our kind of thoughts on that. I just prohibition never works. Because people just find ways around it, and the ways around it are underground, and yep. then it gets very dangerous. Yep. It Next is- thing you know, we got a bunch of butt cigarettes coming over oh. because they put them in there. <laughs> In their butts. My
1: butt is is lighting up like a mint because oh. I shoved fourteen bags. You know, if you are day. gonna,
0: if you do have to do the, the mule, the menthol the, mule, the, the mule. If you do have to do the prison luggage routine, a menthol would probably be nice because you would get a cool mm, sensation. Minty That's cool right. sensation. It's mint for your butt. Yeah. It's
1: like a gold bond, gold bond <laughs> you for, for your butt. Smoke, I've been smuggling
0: menthols, <laughs> and I love it. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit. uh, Speaking of death, let's just continue on that. What do you guys think about what's happening here in South Carolina? You know, there's a bunch of stuff happening in this country. But South Carolina, they just figured out, apparently one of the biggest issues they were having is like, how do we kill all these people? (laughs) (laughs) They've been doing it for a long time. They've been doing the uh, lethal injections. But of course, those are notoriously horrible. Uh, people live for like 15, 20 minutes, uh, and I am personally on a federal level, state level, on every level against the death penalty because let's be honest, if you're in front of a judge and they give you a life sentence, that's a death sentence, right? Mm-hmm. You're not getting out of prison, that's a death sentence, and most of the time when you are sentenced to death row, you don't even die in the electric chair or via the needle, you die of basically old age, depression, sadness, and uh, just lack of any kind of humane condition whatsoever because on average people spend about 20 years once they get sentenced to death on death row. In South Carolina, they have a problem. They have so many people they need to kill Mm. and they need to find ways to do it. There are currently three death row inmates and they are out of appeals. There's three people on death row. They're out of appeals. However, they have said it is not humane to kill them with the chemical concoction that they have been using, which is totally true. It is not humane whatsoever. And again, whatever these people did, they estimate 1.5 to 3% of people on death row are innocent. That's enough for me. Whatever these people did, perhaps they did horrible things and caused a hell of a lot of damage. The question is, does the state spending countless amounts of dollars to execute these people, does it alleviate the pain? Does it change the outcome? Mm. I don't think that it does. And I just don't see, you know, the Lord has a way mm. of calling his people. Like murderers home. Okay. <laughs> and so I think that they're going to die. Right. We don't live forever. way. Which would be the yeah. only reason that the death penalty should exist if we never died. We don't right, need, right. the state doesn't need to handle this.
1: Right. The state does not need to be in the business of killing people at a time in this country where over 20, I mean, we're almost... Probably getting near 30 states have straight up banned the death penalty at a state level. Um, Certainly when I ran for governor of Ohio, I wanted to end the death penalty. The state should not be killing people. And currently, at least I know in Ohio, they're dealing with the same problems with no one. There's two problems. It's twofold. A, we don't have the capabilities to kill these people with lethal injections anymore. B, the corporations that would make the lethal injection chemicals, they're not even selling them to some states anymore because they are so inhumane. So just end the death penalty. Hey, South Carolina, I got a great way to remove people off death row, just eliminate the death penalty.
0: Well, the death penalty came back in vogue in 1977. The US had actually banned it. The Supreme Court said it was unconstitutional. And because of that, we have had it once again since 1977. So, what's going on in South Carolina? Because they can't kill these people with this concoction anymore. They don't want to use the electric chair. So, now they're going to use the firing squad, which, again, to be honest, if we're going to have people be killed by the state, I guess this is the best it's way to most do it. American it's the American way. It's the easiest way and it's the fastest way. I would much rather just be popped in the head than have to be shocked or. I have something injected into my veins, but you know what they should really do. They should kill him with love and they should make them all read the art of desire, right? <laughs> just well, one waiting, over. yes, just, mm. just waiting around to die in prison. And all they have to do is read Stacey Abrams. Wouldn't that be nice?
1: Well, stay tuned Selena. for Senator Lindsey Hammond Biscuits Graham's steamy uh, romance novel coming up. <laughs> South Carolina can read that one, too. It's called uh, I'm going to shoot you, y'all. I'm going to shoot Biscuits. y'all.
0: Oh, my God. That's not a bullet. That's <laughs> your you can imagine the three letter word that I was thinking. So Mississippi, Oklahoma and Utah currently allow the firing squad. And uh, well, welcome new buddy. Welcome a new friend of the mix. South Carolina. You can now go commit a crime there. And you might end up dead by a firing squad. I just... We're in 2021, man. Yeah. We're about to go to fucking Mars. <laughs> Plane <laughs> turbines. Plane. We should
2: put in that as an instant death. You know, you guys talked sure. about it on the stream. I, I, Plane I mean, turbines.
0: <laughs> I just... You know, 2021, the legislation that's being passed in state houses is fucking out of 1732. Yeah. Like, what... Like, why are we dealing with this? It's like, just... I
2: thought this anyway. was very French Revolution when you were talking about it pre-show. It was like, you know, I guess, though, I mean, it, it is technically what you said, the most humane way. I yeah. mean, if, if they're going to kill these people, if this is what the law, if what the law is decided there in that state, right. this is probably the most technically the most humane. Such a South
1: Carolina thing. I mean, at that point, Dylan Roof is going to get a job you know yeah maybe they just
0: do they honestly jesus i wouldn't be surprised if they do end up having prisoners shooting prisoners right (laughs) hell they already have ceos basically being executioners and they just went there to get a pension (laughs) after 20 years of cleaning up human shit and then they're also just like bobby you're on death duty today (laughs) some people like it more than others i'm sure but you wait and see yeah when they have prisoners shooting other prisoners I mean, hell, they're already making all of our uh, clothes for the military. Maybe the couch you're sitting on right now was made by a prisoner. It's a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry. That's why it's called slave labor. There's a
2: lot of call centers in prisons too,
0: if yeah. you didn't know. You know, Sometimes when you call Visa oh, or something, really? you're actually talking to a, someone with a job behind a prison wall. And this is why I always describe how nice it is outside to give them a visual. Oh, when you the, get a call. Yes, when I get a call. I say, it's a 78, and Puffin's running around. <laughs> and they say, oh, that's very nice. I didn't know that. I was in solitary for the past 30 years. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Isn't that sad? And, of course, the prison business, the businesses around prison. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before, but phone calls, or you would think you were calling a sex line, 10 bucks a frickin' hour, whatever it is. I mean, there's just so much crap. It's insane. Ramen noodles, they're too expensive. I'd like to see how much money
2: they are saving by including this as a, as a sure. you know possibility for death, because that you know you talked about the chemicals. That's a very expensive. Oh, the They're, whole death uh, penalty whole process is so, is so
1: expensive. That's another reason you know for fiscal conservatives out there. It's like death penalty is expensive. The appeals process, like you Huge. said, it goes on and on and on. Expensive taxpayer covered process. Holding and then, someone in solitary is more expensive than Gen Pop. Yeah. So it's like, you know, at some point we're gonna have to get to the point where we ban the death penalty. Uh, it's we've already we already done tried it. and then the, the country States is
0: already like, like, that's <laughs> that's the thing. Like we've already none of these things need to be sentenced out. Right. The death penalty, I just don't trust our if if you still trust our system enough to think that they're competent enough to kill someone. I you haven't been paying attention not that <laughs> right. there aren't total freaking maniacs i'm thinking about the two assholes who burnt down that home in connecticut and oh, killed yeah. that entire family i mean there's horrible people out there well yeah trust me we cover it every single week on last podcast on the left on side stories i know how horrible people can be but this is again is this the answer is this safe you're not saving any lives that's for damn sure because it's already been done
2: tooth for tooth eye for an eye we'd all
0: be blind and you know just gumming things i've been eating a lot of corn
2: (laughs) Stacey abrams
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well speaking of uh gumming things and eating a lot of corn (laughs) man i wish this cuomo nursing home scandal would get some freaking press (laughs) i really do because it's freaking nasty dude so andrew cuomo was securing speaking of books he got a four million dollar book deal during 2020 Got an emmy for all of his bloviating and he got a four million dollar book deal, the entire time he was forcing people to their death, demanding they go back to nursing homes and the people that were working with him knew it so a june 18th email this is obviously from last year so we are in peak right this is covid man both in a psychological perspective people were freaking the f out oh yeah and then of course from the actual medical perspective people were getting sick of shit right and new york of course was the epicenter
2: in and june that yeah that
0: spot spiked early so, an email from Top Aid coming on uh, June 18th, an email from Top Aid Melissa DeRosa, uh, she talked about how health officials uh, that Team Cuomo was, quote, anxious about a pending Department of Health report on the nursing home coronavirus fatalities. And uh, they went out and set out to downplay the idea that the March 25th mandate had proven deadly. So the March 25th order that forced Holmes to admit COVID contagious patients. And now it turns out that the cover up is perhaps even worse than the crime. So he and his staff were busy suppressing the truth about the New York nursing home scandal. They were working on this more than they were trying to figure out how to solve the problem of COVID So people who worked for Cuomo, uh, they had publicly cited a nursing home death toll of about 6,000. They did this by ignoring home residents who died well hospitalized. The draft report shared the full count of over 9,700 people, noting that the homes accounted for approximately 35% of all New York coronavirus deaths. So 35% of all the deaths were caused by this order that Cuomo made on March 25th. And the cover up here again, as always, as the cliche goes, is really absolutely disgusting because it shows that they knew what they were doing was damaging people. But they did it because they didn't want any federal assistance because, of course, at that time, the head of the federal government was Donald John Trump. Woof. So it gets very political. The final report said that the homes only yielded 21 percent of the state's virus's death total, making it seem below rather than above. Uh, So this is I mean, the scandal is so real and it's so sad. And it sucks that people have to die because people are playing political games with their lives. So Cuomo has fallen back on his first lie, again, claiming last Thursday that, quote, the concern for the state was that we provide accurate numbers. Um, but of course, he just didn't. So the most vulnerable among us, man, that's the thing when it comes to COVID, we know who it was killing. And he was just like, nope, nursing homes, you've got to take in COVID patients, as opposed to the different options that were available at that time the cruise ships and things like that and the military was sent to new york state he just didn't do it because it would have i guess made trump look okay but i also don't think anyone would have given i don't think trump would trump wasn't getting credit for shit from people who weren't going to give him credit anyway exactly and new york state ain't going anywhere when it comes to trump all of it like i just it's it just shows you how shallow and 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 scared and you know thin-skinned these people really are
1: Oh, yeah, and how corrupt New York politics is. I mean, Donald Trump is a creature of New York. Uh, Cuomo is obviously a creature of New York politics. Here are two men with such bloviating, that's such a good word, Ben, bloviating Bloviating. egos, that it winds up killing basically innocent people um, by the thousands. It's really sad.
0: Anyway. All right. Well, let's move on a little bit. Sticking with prisons, let's talk about what's going on here in California. Let's come over to the West Coast, like the Donner Party did. (laughs) And much like the Donner Party, we are a little bit confused on what the future might hold. Some people are scared uh, hearing this next story. And uh, again, I believe if done appropriately, this can be okay. So right now in the state of California, California is giving 76,000 inmates Now, including people who were convicted of violent offenses in the past and repeat felons, they are getting the opportunity to leave prison early as the state aims to further trim the prison population. So you have a lot of people who hear that headline and are immediately freaking out that, oh my God, they're releasing criminals on the street. I understand from the perspective also, this is not uh, monolithic when it comes to political party. I think there are a lot of people that perhaps live in the areas where some of these violent offenders come from who might be nervous having them come back into their community. Many of these communities are communities of color and many of these are communities that might be uh, impoverished. I would say I'm going to err on the side of positivity here because it's not as if they're just throwing out random people back onto the streets. They are throwing these people out or allowing these people to be eligible to leave prison because of good behavior credits that have shortened their sentence by one-third instead of one-fifth. So the idea of having uh, good credits shorten your sentence by one-third, that was a policy that was put in place in 2017. Before 2017, good credit would limit your sentence by one-fifth. So that's why we're seeing an uptick in people who are now eligible for the possibility of parole under the change. More than 10,000 prisoners uh, convicted of a second serious but nonviolent offense under the state's three strikes you your outlaw will be eligible for release after serving half of their sentences. When it comes to criminal justice reform, this is why it's so difficult to get things passed through. Because you hear the sentence, this is a, from the AP 76,000 California inmates now eligible for early release. Again, keywords are eligible mm-hmm. and they have served parts of their sentence. I'm not saying that they have served the whole thing, but good behavior credits have to be there for a reason. And if you don't give people the carrot and all you have is a stick, It just leads to absolute, I mean, it's just horrible. This is why prison is absolutely horrible, and this is why it's so difficult to rehabilitate people if you only have the stick. so you need the carrot, and if these people did fulfill the things that they had to fulfill in prison, if they got the good credits, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. This is what we're talking about when we're trying to get these people out of prison. But this is why it's so hard to do it because you read headlines like that. And of course, everyone's going to clutch their purses. Everyone's going to grab their gun. Everyone's going to initially feel scared. But if you actually look at it, the evidence is they committed a crime. They have definitely served a lot of their sentence, years and years and years of their life. They got good credit and are eligible for parole slightly earlier. Uh, than they would have been previous to 2017. I don't think it's bad. I, I and also I mean, getting good credit in prison, like it's easy to hurt some people in prison. Oh yeah, you know, like you're you're basically given the opportunity to commit felonies on a daily basis. <laughs> And many people do. So I, I don't know. I, I What do you think, Fernando?
2: Uh, you, what you said earlier really is what the, the goal of this is, uh, the carrot. You know, the goal is to increase incentives for the incarcerated population to practice good behavior and follow the rules set in place when they go in there. And uh, most of these people participated in rehabilitative or educational programs. So, you know, they're not just it's not just a trap and release you know no, right? it isn't yeah. and
0: uh, the same increased uh, release this time will apply to nearly 2900 nonviolent third strikers of course three strikes and you're out was absolutely freaking insane right it's a baseball it's a baseball they're right. n- like yeah it's like three it's like baseball three strikes and you're out but like <laughs> unlike baseball you don't go back to the dugout you go to prison forever cuz you stole a fucking snickers bar
1: right california new york have some of the most draconian laws from decades and decades of this and it's moving the needle in the right direction, you know, like you, know, like you guys pointed out.
0: Slowly but surely, we're, we're doing that. So I, I'm for it. I know it is controversial, but this is what it looks like when we talk about getting people out of prison, ending the prison industrial complex. We, we're going to have to start doing things like this, and I'm going to trust the process enough. They have the good credits. Uh, You know, you look at the state of California, California is the fifth worst state in the country to be a black male in because of the incarceration rates. I think these people were over incarcerated to begin with. So the question is, of course, politically, if you have 76,000 people released, let's just say 50,000 of them get passed and then they get paroled. Heads will roll Hmm. if things go wrong. Oh, 100%. You know, it, it is a it's a political risk. But again, I think it's just so ironic that no one cares that Donald Trump pardoned kodak Black Kodak Black has just recently been accused of another sexual assault of a sexual assault like there's a lot like if that was if the shoe was on the other foot right, and a sitting democratic president released someone like kodak black, who i I think he's a fine performer, I suppose I don't know, but um it would just be it would be insane. it would be everywhere so I I
2: mean, imagine if Obama had different baby mamas and several divorces and all the stuff that, you know, Donald J. Trump
0: did that all his just his personal history alone. So So there's a lot of cognitive bias there. But perhaps we are perhaps prison reform is now more bipartisan than ever. I I don't know. I saw a lot of the the louders with whatever's (laughs) the little bends talking and, uh, you know, they just tweet things that are so hyperbolic and they're so scared. I mean, they're both very weak, but it's just like, it's not scary. I don't think that this is scary. And this is what it looks like. This is what prison reform looks like.
1: This is the point of our criminal justice system is for people to be rehabilitated. You're supposed to go in for a certain amount of time and then you come out and you don't commit crimes anymore. The biggest tragedy, obviously, as we've all talked about is Often you have people going in who shouldn't be going in in the first place, and then they come out worse than they are. So this is a very
0: good positive step in the right direction. Now, of course, 76,000 people, again, if they're released, there also has to be an opportunity to continue the rehabilitation, to continue the process of getting them back in to uh, the culture and to society. I mean, I'm just trying to think of how many things have changed that I've been a free man during... Can you imagine if you got incarcerated in 2006, you missed the iPhone? You missed everything. Which then you missed everything. You come out without
2: knowing anything. (laughs) You know
0: some shit. I'm sure you got some shit in prison. You saw a flip phone. You saw an iPhone maybe. But you don't fully understand it, dude. We've been slowly boiling in this freaking weird ass mud water. Like we've been in this hot dog water, Mm. but we've been slowly getting cooked in this. Imagine if you just get catapulted out into the future and all of a sudden you see a New York NYPD robot dog. Oh, you know, it's
2: already been said, but this to me, when you hear 76,000 inmates are getting released and that scares you, that says more about the prison system. Because the prison system should be rehabilitating people, just like Travis right. said. It should be rehabilitating people. It should not be a criminal college. You shouldn't right. go there and learn how to better be a criminal. That's not the goal. Right. And then, you know, on another note, if you try to paint this positively, that's 76,000 people that we can employ. That's 76,000 members of the workforce. Right. If you mm-hmm. want.
0: That's 76,000 people going home to their families. Exactly. Well, uh, you know, I also understand this is tough because. Most of those people in prison have victimized someone. Right. And so you, we have to be sensitive to victims as well. I can imagine that, that maybe some victims would be nervous when they hear things like this and be, and it might be triggering. So I understand that as well. And so I, as a nation, hopefully this could be the beginning of a healing process, which we just have to do on a macro level. Mm-hmm. Because I get it. You know, like there's this fella, Kent Shadigger Uh, He's the legal director of the criminal justice legal foundation. He represents victims of crime. So this is what he had to say. Uh, Obviously he is not a proponent of releasing these people. He says, you don't have to be good to get good time credits. People who lose good time credits for misconduct, get them back. They don't stay gone. He says they could be a useful device for managing the population if they had more teeth in them, but they don't. They're in reality, just a giveaway. And I don't know about all that. I think, that uh, there aren't many giveaways in prison. I'm fairly certain things are uh, difficult to come by around there.
2: Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country— including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's gonna wanna buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start
2: with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here.
0: REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. And just lastly, on this, many Democratic lawmakers and advocacy groups have been calling for further releases or shorter sentences. Californians United for a Responsible Budget, for instance, earlier in April said that the state should shutter at least 10 more of its 35 prisons. So to your point about fiscal conservatism, Californians United for a Responsible Budget are on board from that perspective to start shuttering some of these prisons, Um, 10 of the 35 prisons the state of california has which just seems like a lot it's quite a bit and uh, like you said uh disproportionately people
1: of color black males and you gotta wonder this could be a crossover issue for caitlin jenner i'm sure caitlin jenner must have had one conversation with Kanye about criminal justice reform <laughs> at some point you kind of wonder if this puts the bug in the ear of some of the republican opponents the potential republican opponents of well, gavin
0: newsom coming up well Caitlyn Jenner, so I watched her on Hannity and... uh now keep in mind, Hannity wants Rick Grinnell. That's who he wants. Perhaps. <laughs> Hannity is keeping it very, very close to his weird nipple. I don't know <laughs> what's going on with him. But Caitlyn Jenner, she will definitely not be in favor of releasing inmates. Oh, okay. uh, she Her first 10 minutes was back to blue, but in a way where it's like, are you... Like, what are you overcompensating for? Mm. Like, we know, because the way that she was on these cops hogs, it's like, okay, we know you love the cops. She just went on and on and on. And it's like, it's just so political. It was so pandering. Obviously, she's running for governor. I know it's going to be political. But it was just so obvious, the attempt to get in the good graces of people who look at the Chauvin verdict and disagree with it is a group of people that I don't care to court if I'm running for political office. But obviously, that's a one of the angles that she's approaching. And as of right now, that Hannity sit down with Caitlyn Jenner, that was without a doubt the biggest news that any person going after Gavin Newsom, that was the biggest show that anyone's had. She got the most exposure of any Republican running right now in the recall. So who knows? Who knows? I don't know. She didn't do a bad job. I mean, I actually thought that Caitlyn Jenner, well, I mean, Policy wise, when it comes to uh, the police stuff, I mean, absolutely asinine and insane. But she didn't do a bad job of expressing uh, some of her beliefs. She talked about something that I thought was interesting with the water, Fernando, uh, getting the salt out of the water. Uh, I guess that's a good idea. I don't know. Honestly, I was telling I'm you. I'm too Earth. new to California, so some of this shit, I'm like, I don't. I'm, <laughs> you like oh salty water? Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm used to New York politics where we're just screaming about rats. <laughs> you know, with, with,
2: going into that very quickly. Okay. The myth is that we're going to run out of water. We're not going to run out of water. Nestle has there's, all of no, it. But there's 70, the planet is 70% surface ocean. Yeah. So there is water, but there, it's hard to make it fresh water, drinkable water. So Caitlyn Jenner was talking about desalinization, which is something that really needs to be researched, but it's a very energy intensive and a very costly process. So, you know, but honestly, I didn't maybe even catch. Part of,
0: maybe part of an infrastructure plan, yeah. but then she was also against the, the speed rail. And again, again, I'm just coming into to L.A. and California. So is the speed rail needed? If we need, Okay, so that's another thing. Oh, we, definitely we, go, yeah. a, we definitely <laughs> need this. We definitely need Because she a, was against that because she wanted to go get the salt out of the water. Because she's
2: pro airlines. And that's one of the, I mean, look at uh, Europe, look at other places. Uh, a train will get you all the way say, from yeah. one part of the country all the way to the other part of the continent in Europe and Russia. It'll get you there. Right. Why can't we have that here in the U.S.? Because airlines really lobby for anti-train. Oh, yeah. So, mm. I mean, honestly, Ben, I watched all 12 minutes of her on Hannity, and I missed both those two things because i was just it she was just pandering to the republican narrative you know i'm gonna build the wall we can't give yeah. you know this whole we're giving illegals medicare we're giving illegals money and yeah. stimulus checks Very newsom is giving illegals help it's 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 pandering without facts it's a preview of 22,
1: really? I mean, you're talking about back the blue versus defund the police. 2021, all the big races. Keep your eyes on all the big races happening this year, whether they're local, statewide or
0: otherwise, because this is a preview. It definitely is a preview as we uh, see where Trumpism within the Republican Party. We'll see how it propels people to political office or not. When it comes to voting, though, you all told me about a story about mail-in ballots. Right. What's going on here? So this is actually in Florida. This is in Florida. So Florida's all pissed, even though Trump won Florida. Trump won Florida. So the ding-dong state went red. But what are they What are they doing now with mail-in voting? Because, again, <laughs> if you're scared of people voting, maybe you need to change your policies.
2: So uh, this Florida governor, whoever he is, this Florida <laughs> governor signed a Republican law. Ron DeSantis. <laughs> employing, uh, uh, basically imposing new voting curbs. So one of the biggest changes is before... When you signed up for an election, you got the mail-in ballot. That took care of all four years. Now you have to register for every general election to get a mail-in ballot. So even like you're off, off year elections. Yes,
1: everything. So it's basically accepting mail-in voting, but then making it real hard. Exactly. Oh. You know, Because if you
2: have to, if, you know, busy people with real lives and kids, they're not going to want to uh. do this every freaking two weeks, you know, or whatever it is. No, because they're yes. busy trying to make ends meet. But of if course. you're, you know, if you're rich or you're a lobbyist and then you know how important that is, then you'll make sure this gets done.
0: All hmm. right. So that's what's going on in Florida. It's just incredible seeing people just seeing in real time these corrupt politicians manipulate the vote. It's just fucking fascinating
2: you know it was funny to me because you pointed out that trump won florida but it was uh, what travis said it was just too close it was, it was too, too close, <laughs> close
0: for also won. i mean everyone won fl- joel greenberg it won was too close for Matt they Gates wanted- Matt won they florida. florida. what's florida worried about if it's
2: not 100 blue we gotta fix it is uh, what florida's thinking
0: <laughs> or red rather but yeah uh, it's sorry it's yes. uh yeah i i just i don't know i just feel like It proves these politicians are totally out of touch and corrupt when they don't want to make voting easier. But again, yeah, hopefully you can register for a firearm online. (laughs) <laughs> in pretty georgia. soon there in, in yeah. florida as well you definitely can in in georgia It is a All strange
1: right. little corner of the country over there south carolina georgia florida
0: but it's beautiful it's beautiful i love florida the people pro- are nice i'm gonna end up in florida oh yeah yes because i love my button-down beach wear <laughs> i'm gonna wear nothing but button-down beach wear i'm That's gonna good. have nothing but pineapples on my shirt and stuff <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's the the life. That's the American dream. I'm going to have my feet in the sand, but I'm going to be wearing shoes. Oh, they're called Crocs.
2: Flofers. Flofers. Oh, Flofers. What's a flofer? It's a higher quality Croc. You can get them at Macy's.
0: Oh. Oh. Well, speaking of Crocs, just lastly, um, as we talked about with uh, the Chauvin trial, I really hope this does not happen, but it is possible. So we'll talk about it. So there was a fella, again, it's juror number 52, uh, he attended a police accountability rally. Uh, he has said that it had nothing to do with George Floyd. And um, he just doesn't think that his opinion was biased. I think he looked at the evidence and saw what we all saw. And that's why the decision was made. But it was this fellow, Brendan Mitchell, who attended a rally. And uh, I, I, I don't know. To me, this is this is a Hail Mary. This is a Doug Faludi. This is a Boston College moment. They want some kind of. Miracle in in this way would be the opposite of a miracle in this case, I think. But I, I I don't know. What do you think?
2: I mean, I yeah. Just looking at the headlines for this, for example, law enforcement today. The headline is Black Lives Matter activist reportedly lied and made his way onto Siobhan jury. So you know, it's there. It's a it's an evil ploy from Black Lives Matter to destroy the the system from the inside, defund the police. It's.
1: That, no, you're absolutely right. The BLM, they defund the police. It's a it's a very popular buzzword for conservatives to use. I mean, frankly, we, we had a, a pro-gun rally. Major Taylor Green was supposed to speak in Columbus, Ohio, at a, a Back the Blue rally, and they canceled it because they were worried about Antifa and BLM showing up. So these are very scare tactics. These are mm-hmm. scare tactics. Um, trying to use scary words, buzzwords. Uh, but I agree with you, Ben. I mean, how do you not have an opinion? It, it's very hard. Yeah. For them to have found any completely objective jurors, I think it's it's totally fine. And above all, you know, this shows another side of our criminal justice process, right? That now comes the appeals process for Derek Chauvin, the retrial. They're going to try every
0: legal angle they can. Yeah. So this is what he had to say again, uh, Brandon Mitchell. So he was at a rally. The name of the rally was the Get Your Knee Off Our Next Rally. Uh, he had Very a, fairly named rally. <laughs> yeah. He was wearing a shirt with Martin Luther King Jr. on it, which I don't think implies extremism. Very fair <laughs> civil rights leader. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mitchell did not respond to requests for any of the comments, but he did say that he had the opportunity to go to D.C., the opportunity to be around thousands and thousands of black people. I just thought it was a good opportunity to be part of of something. So that's the Hail Mary coming from the Chauvin camp to attempt to get this uh, verdict thrown out. According to John Jay College of Criminal Justice professor Dmitry Shakhinev, they say it's certainly possible that this will be used to support various post-conviction efforts of which one is an appeal. They go on to say at the end of the day, irrespective of his specific comments, there would have to be a showing that. Had he not served on the jury or disclosed this information, the verdict would have been different. And I can't imagine that the verdict would have been different if this man wore a different shirt or attended, uh, he went to a Fuddruckers instead of a rally. (laughs) I I, I don't know.
2: This juror has been in the news a lot because uh, a few days before this broke, there was a lot of pressure on him, you know, because they interviewed him and asked him, was there pressure on the jurors? with everything that was happening on the outside. And he said, no, there wasn't. So I think it's really feeding into the narrative. This guy went in and, and as a juror went and said, there was never any pressure on us during this trial. And so, you know, a lot of people that really didn't want to believe him now really have a reason not to. And they're, right. they're just, they're grasping. Yeah. I and mean, unless it's the play 12 angry men,
1: one juror has very little sway over all 11 other jurors <laughs> and have uh, well, a full trial going on. If
2: I can continue this, you know, uh, this, this is a black man. This is Brandon Mitchell as a black right. man. I don't think you can be a person of color, especially a black man in this country, and not have, an, a, you know, a, a, where are you living? Where are you living that you don't you don't feel the pressure as a person of color right. or things like that? That being said. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that,
0: and jurors are allowed to have opinions. You're allowed to be a person. You're allowed to be a person. So uh, out of all of the criminal justice reforms that we need in this country, this isn't... Uh, This is obviously the Chauvin defense, and we'll see if it goes anywhere or not. Well, this is what Mitchell told the Star Tribune, that he had answered no to two questions on a questionnaire for potential jurors. So this is why they're saying it might be a problem. But the the first question was, it asked whether he or someone close to him had participated in any demonstrations or marches against police brutality. Um, Mm. And then the second one was, Other than what you have already described above, have you or anyone else close to you participated in protests about police use of force or police brutality? Mm. I don't necessarily think that the place that he attended in D.C., the rally that he attended, um, it it just doesn't ring super true to me. Also, it's strange that they would ask you, like, do you have any friends who are different? (laughs) Like, uh, it's an an odd question here. Communist. The Red but, Scare. I yeah. mean,
2: anyone who, uh, I mean, we you've talked about it. Jury selection is another form of very, you know, just another manipulation tactic that is used very by defense or prosecution, depending on who really needs their agenda pushed. It's, you know, a jury selection is such an important thing for that.
0: And it's not like this dude appointed himself. Right. Right. You know, like he was chosen. Mitchell, yeah. Mitchell <laughs> says that he was surprised and shocked when he was chosen. And this is what he had to say with respect to chauvin he wrote i do not believe the defendant set out to murder anyone however based on the video mm. i'm not sure about what the reasoning could be so there's just a nine and a half let's just not for there's a nine and a half minute execution video so right, right. i don't really care that the person went to a, a small rally and what do the other jurors do yeah I'm, i mean i don't know like would it make you bias if you're a vikings fan i would think that you're not competent <laughs> enough to be on the jury if i find out that you even went to a vikings game and you wore a kirk cousins jersey
2: <laughs> you're an idiot doesn't matter if i was purple if i use my lungs to breathe and someone putting their weight on me would kill me i would understand the situation that what would happen and why this man
0: is considered a murderer and you definitely be purple because you wouldn't be breathing very devastating so hopefully the chauvin saga we'll see what happens here with the appeals and we'll keep you up to date on the appeals and no matter what there would be a retrial of course and uh, that nine and a half minute video isn't going to change. <laughs> right. They're not going to like put like, it's not going to be like SpongeBob. Like they're not going to put <laughs> graphics on it and stuff. So I can't imagine any 12 jurors. I mean, I guess I can cause 45% of Republicans uh, disagree with the Chauvin verdict, which means 55% agree. Oh, I'm trying to be positive. That's nice. <laughs> well, you know, right. Anyway. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it just a little bit anyway. And uh, yeah, anything else?
1: Yes, absolutely. It is Mother's Day weekend, and I would love for everyone to please check out the fantastic documentary I made with Ed Larson about his mother, Kathy Larson, and her plight. It is called How America Killed My Mother. Please watch it. We tell Ed's story and Kathy's story, which is very sad. We did the best we can to make it somewhat entertaining. And more importantly, it's not unique. It happens to millions of people in this country every year. So please, this weekend for Mother's Day, it is for sale on Vimeo On Demand. Just go to howamericakilledmymother.com. And of course, we've also got the great soundtrack for How America Killed My Mother, now available on Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music, the soundtrack for How America Killed My Mother will be available. So please check us out on all your streaming devices, howamericakilledmymother.com. All right,
0: everyone. Thank you for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to,
2: go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.